When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. I want to start off today's show and just say how much I appreciate. We don't ask a lot of you guys and the stuff that we do. You guys are rock stars. Oh, my God. They always come through. I can't believe we basically just said, hey, we just love it when you give us a five-star review on iTunes, and you do. Yes, you do. Because I know it doesn't really matter, but at the grand scheme of things, that's the algorithm that Apple uses, five-star reviews, and that's how we grow. And the show is growing, and it's all because of you. Everybody, ready? I'm going to clap around the microphone. (laughs) He loves doing that. I just gave you... A round of applause because yep. in my mind and charities, you guys are rock stars. Rock stars. Rock star, baby. I appreciate it. Mark, in our crime creeps, we trust. Yeah, that's right. We got, we got to do the shirt now. I that would be. I don't know what the like. How, like you wouldn't just put that probably right. I don't know what kind of. Oh no! So I this is how my mind works. Yep. I'm going to put your face on the Statue of Liberty. No. Holding the torch. <laughs> no, you're not. And the book is going to say. In Crime Creeps We Trust. You're not putting my face on a dish. No one wants that, Mark. Trust me. Oh, Charity. No. I think everybody wants no, that. No, nobody wants that. Hey, guys, let us know. Do you want Charity's no. face? Do you want... Here we go. It's going to be... It's poll time. <laughs> Do you want Charity's face on the Statue of Liberty as our next shirt with the In Crime Creeps We Trust? No. Let us know. It's very easy. Our social media... My, my little face with my headphones on. That's perfect. <laughs> Our social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. I'm at not Mark B on Instagram. Charity is at charity underscore Case Watch. Guys, Team seriously. Team Charity. I'm winning still. I'm winning. I'm winning. You want to win? You're putting your face on Statue of Liberty. Let us know. Because <laughs> if you guys, if we get enough people who say it, I'll do it. Oh I don't really God. care. I will superimpose her her face right on there because I actually think it's a great idea. Oh, my God. How funny would that be? Info CaseWatchPodcast.com. Let me know. He's still going. I'm excited. I'm going to talk about this all day. Oh, God. Team Charity 
as Statue of Liberty for the win. What about Mark's face on the Statue of Liberty? Ain't nobody want to see this. We can make her two. We can make her two headed. <laughs> no, no. What's that guy? The Sphinx. Yes. The, the one who's like the animal yes. in Egypt. Yes. I'll do Sphinx. <laughs> okay. I'll be like, we're here to uncover the truth. <laughs> oh, oh, I just came up with it. I love it. This is why I love my job. Oh my god, that's so funny. What other cool stuff can we come up with? This I don't is know. what the creeps are for. Uh, the creeps send us like cool ideas. We'll make it. If you come up with something cool, we will yep. make it. Yep. Absolutely. Crime Creep for Life is an awesome one. Oh, yeah. We want to get Sophie. It's Sophie crime time, time, baby. That's a good one. Prime time, crime time. It, right there. Mm-hmm. Just came up Perfect. with that, guys. That was on the spot. Mm-hmm. You Thanks, should Mark. see. She's smiling now. Yeah. She's like super excited. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Sophie. Sophie's definitely getting a shirt. She deserves it. Yeah, she really does. She's such a good crime kitty. That's all everybody wants to see is just her anyways. They don't even care about us anymore. They're like, who put Sophie on? I was doing a live when you weren't here, when you had COVID, and people were just like, we want to see Sophie. <laughs> then it was like, yeah, Sophie. Then suddenly, no, there's a Sophie. And I'm like, oh, my God. You guys, I thought you were all here for me. Hello. I'm Mark from Case Watch. Nope. They wanted Sophie from no, Case No, it's all Watch. Sophie. But I can't blame her. She's awfully cute. She's the best. All right, Charity, what do you have for us today? Well, Mark, I'd like to start off with some... You got to say it. The stupid criminal excuse game. How is it worded now? Gosh. Uh, The as of now, still unnamed stupid criminal excuse segment. Yeah. I got some good ones for us. I love the names. I was delighted by these. Oh, come on. You can't say it like that. You got to say it right. I was delighted by these. Okay. Delight us, Charity. I'm just going to start it right off. Good. Go for it. In 2009, Staff Sergeant Rashad Valmont wasn't given the vacation time he had requested. It was denied by his superior officer, Master Sergeant Pedro Mercado. The following year, Rashad was still extremely pissed off about this, and there was only one way he could think to get justice for himself. One way. This is a year later. Okay. This is the only way he thought fit. I got to hear. I have to be the judge. Okay. He would shoot Mercado six times, killing him. Oh, step too far, guy. Step too. I thought you were gonna like fill his boots with shaving cream. Oh, this gets good. Then he drove himself to the closest police station to turn himself in. Guess killing the man that wouldn't grant his vacation time wasn't as satisfying as he thought. Here comes the excuse part. This is fantastic. His excuse for the murder was simple. He had supposedly been ordered to lose 3% of his body weight in one day. Because he was starving himself to do so, he claimed his hunger and dehydration made him go insane, Mark. He was hangry, so he killed his superior. I love that you just said that because my next sentence is, dude, you should have a Snickers bar. <laughs> that old Betty White commercial. Oh my I God, can't, Betty. Ugh, Betty White. So good. Oh my God. He went on to say that he had no idea what he was doing and even lost control of his body. Yeah, dude, you should have ate a Snickers. That's what I think. You should always have a Snickers like in somewhere or some sort of snack that you enjoy. Luckily, I have snacks hidden all over the place. Do you really? I do. In my work truck, when I finally clean that out, like I have to like remember where they're all hidden because it's like, oh, that's my secret candy bar. I have snacks at work, like not kind of hidden. Little snacks. You have that. <laughs> I can't without giving away too much. Charity has this little jar on her counter that has candy in it. 
And uh, I like to eat it all when she's not paying attention. Yeah, he does. That's why she cuts my hair here now. <laughs> it's true. It's very I true. I remember that day when I first met you there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. And then I went next door. Oh, and you got the big soda? <laughs> the soda. You're he watching ca- me guys. eat. Oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God. So I had met you a couple times before, but I didn't oh, really know you. Yeah. So he comes into the, sal- the salon that I work at for a haircut, and- he goes, there's a convenience store next door. He goes over and I don't know what kind of soda it was, but he bought the like huge bottle of it. It, it was Diet Pepsi. Yeah. And he was, he was drinking from it. Like it was a tiny little cup and Kristen's like, honey, like, did you, and you were like, it was, it was, it's cheaper in the long run. Cause the other one was like almost as expensive as this one. No, it's a dollar 99 for a 20 ounce and it is 99 cents for a two liter. So that's what he got guys. It's economics 101 charity. I can't. he's so funny if i'm gonna am i i drank the whole thing i'm not gonna let that go to waste that's 99 cents good good i'm She's learning all kinds of stuff I'm, about me i'm so glad let's get back to this case luckily the judge didn't believe any of this and he is now facing a nice long lifetime staycation in jail oh i like what you <laughs> did, did you there. like what i did I there did. <laughs> he got his vacation guys here's another one in 2002 Tonda Lynn Ansley shot her landlady in the head and killed her. Oh. Yeah. I guess Tonda believed for a long time that she was living in the Matrix. I mean, this is a pretty good excuse. If you're living in the Matrix, you can't help it. You got me here. You got me. She wasn't living in the real world at all. She was literally in the Matrix. I wonder if she could do those cool, like... Do you know what they do? With the, they flip around? I, I'm watching what they do right now as Charity <laughs> I dances. This, I don't think, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> At trial, she would explain this, saying she, was re- she wasn't really there, and it wasn't a real crime because she was living in the Matrix. This excuse worked in some respects because instead of going to jail, Tonda was found insane and sent to a mental facility. The poor thing. Well, if she really was, good. She gets yeah. the help she needed. She really, uh, f- from the sounds of it, she really thought she was living in that alternate world. Now, to expand on that, and I, I won't use names or make fun of anybody, because mental illness is a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, years ago, I remember I used to, I've driven truck my whole life, so I, I used to drive a tow truck, too, as well. So I remember picking somebody up, and I was like, so what's wrong with the car? And they're like, and I'm like, uh, okay, you're not saying anything. They're like, um, I'll talk to you in the car. Oh, okay. Like, Okay. So I load up their vehicle. We get out of the truck and the lady looks at me and says, they're watching me. Oh, the poor thing. And I went, who? She's like, them. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. Um, And I didn't quite get it. Like, cause this is not something you see every day. And I'm like, so is there, there's nothing wrong with your car. She's like, no, they can't track me when the wheels aren't spinning. Oh, no. And I felt so bad for this lady. So she had me drive her like 90 miles away into a different state and drop her car. That's so sad. And I felt so bad. And it was a wake-up call to me that there's a lot of Mm -hmm. people who suffer from this. Because let's be honest, I grew up in small town, Claremont, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Tiny area, not a lot of people. So it wasn't something I was exposed to. Right. And- to be quite honest with you, it was something that I was rather uncomfortable with at first, not understanding it. And the more I, I was around this, you just feel horrible and you want right. to do whatever you can to help people. Well, how scary must it be to, to f- live in to, that to life? To think that somebody is, yeah. It's exhausting. And yeah. I feel so bad. Ugh. 
not good. No, not at all. Well, that was a good little side note. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that there's a lot of mental illness out there. And I think a lot of times it is misconstrued for criminal activity. And sometimes it does lead to it, but a lot of the times if somebody just got the help they needed from the get-go, it wouldn't be a problem. It's a fine line though, right? Because some of these cases that we've, like the Ed Gein, right? That poor man was definitely mentally, there was something wrong with him. All right, right? yeah. Jody Arias, crazy. Crazy. Also a douchebag. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's You live a fine line. You know what I mean? I don't know. That that could be the whole episode we could talk about. I, I want to do Jody Arias so bad, that case. I need to start researching. Yes. Um, my friend Lindsay would like to come on and do that with us. Lindsay, what are you waiting for? Yeah. We have like four chairs here. Yeah. She'll come on. She wants- Lindsay. She, yeah. Li- Excuse me, Lindsay. Case watch to Lindsay. Come in, Lindsay. All right. Come on the show. Come on the show. All right. Let's go on to another one. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 23-year-old Jamie Wellman was caught vigorously stuffing power tools, hedge trimmers, a chainsaw, and a grill, along with other items, into his car. When the police asked him what he was doing, he said out loud, I'll see you later then, Nan. Just like out into the air. (laughs) I'll see you later there, Nan? Yeah. See, Jamie claimed he was borrowing all of the items from his fictitious grandmother. Oh, Nan. Poor Nan. Neighbors claimed they had never seen him in the neighborhood before. Come on, think of something better. Like you're yelling out into the air. What did Nan think about what you just used as an excuse? I don't know. I, I think she'd be very disappointed in you, Jamie. Ugh, Ugh. Bad Jamie, you let Nan down. Yes, you did. And you're a douchebag. And you're a douche. <laughs> you're also a dimwit. Oh, let's just do the trifecta. He gets all. Dipshit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I didn't think of what the last one was. I know. Oh, I this, love it. This last one that I have is a doos E. Oh, doos E. A doos E. Okay, you ready for it? I am always ready. 87-year-old Arthur Aldridge was on trial charged with two counts of sexual assault of a child under age 13, 
two charges of inciting a child to engage in sexual activity, and two charges of assault to a child under 13 by penetration and rape. What a douchebag. Oh, just wait. Arthur informed the court that he was not guilty of any of this. That's right. The elderly man said he was a virgin. Uh, McFly? You're 87, dude. He said he was a virgin. Ugh, what a scumbag. So it couldn't possibly, you know. Of course, this excuse did not work, and he was sentenced to jail and wouldn't be eligible for parole until he was 102. (sighs) I normally wouldn't say something like this, but since this guy is really such a douchebag, well, sir, you're in jail now for a crime against a child, so I'm going to go ahead and say you're probably not a virgin any longer. (laughs) Enjoy jail. He'll be... Douchebag. He'll lose his virginity in a different manner. Yeah. Hey. Yep. You win some, you lose some. You Ugh. Disgusting. Disgusting dirtbag. Stand people. Ugh. Ugh. All right, Charity, for a palate cleanser, I need something, anything. Please give me anything to get my mind off of that complete dirt ball. I think you're going to need a cleanser, another cleanser after this next one. <laughs> oh, come on. So I've had this case done. I actually researched this case when I had COVID. Okay. Um, it's going to be a two-parter, so creeps, really sorry. You're going to have to wait the weekend. Oh, I feel bad. Not that bad, though. Well, it's kind of, you know, get get the follow-up. And this is also a person that many of the creeps have probably heard of already. He's a, he's not super well-known, but he's more well-known than some of the other ones we've done. Okay. His, I'm excited. His name is Dennis Nielsen, also known as the Muswell Hill Murderer and the Kindly Killer. Kindly, like kind? No, it's where he lived, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Dennis Andrew Nilsson was born in Fraserburg, Scotland, on November 23rd, 1945. His father, Olav Magnus Nilsson, was a I Norwegian. Love that first I, don't name. you love it, Olav? Ah. I love I it. I love it. Um, he was a Norwegian soldier that had been evacuated to Scotland after his country was taken by the Nazis. His mother was Elizabeth Duthie White and was said to be the daughter of a local fisherman. They can take our lives. But they can't take our freedom! Okay, Braveheart. Hey, you said Scotland. You brought it on. (laughs) Love that movie. Elizabeth's parents were not fans of Olaf's and were not happy that the two would get married in May of 1942. The couple would go on to have three children, Olaf Jr., Dennis, and Sylvia, the only girl. Although both parents were unfaithful to each other. Scumbags. And Dennis's father did not believe he was his biological child. And he definitely didn't believe Sylvia was his. Oh, what a crappy way to live. I know. Olav was an alcoholic that really didn't want a family. He would have almost no relationship with his children, especially since he didn't believe two of them were his anyways. After Sylvia was born, the couple would get divorced in 1948. Dennis was just four years old. Elizabeth quickly got remarried. Dennis's grandfather, Andrew White, his mother's dad, would take on the father role, and the two were very close. Dennis actually idolized him. He would often eagerly sit and wait for him to return from the sea. Sadly, Dennis had said that his grandfather was also a pedophile, fondling the young boy any chance he got, bathing him and even bringing him to bed with him. Charity, this is not a palate cleanser. I'm sorry. This is douche on top of douche. And again, like I say, all the time in these gross cases, my heart does go out to little boy Dennis. Yeah. I, you, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make what he does right, but my God. I don't know what he did yet. So. Oh. 
Unfortunately, things would change. Just four weeks before Dennis's sixth birthday on Halloween 1951, his grandfather would pass away from a heart attack while he was on a fishing excursion. The boy would be brought to the home before he would be buried. Dennis's strict Catholic mother would force him to view his grandfather's corpse. Oh, man. Just a little guy like that, too. It's hard to process. Death was never properly explained to the young child, and this viewing would be very traumatic for him. Of course it would be. Yeah. I mean, not really, like, have any questions answered. He just sees, like, that's my grandfather, but he's not moving. They say he passed away, but he didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, that's a lot for a little one to have to process. Elizabeth and her new husband would often lecture Dennis of the, quote, unquote, impurities of the flesh. It is said that the extreme religious beliefs, along with traumatic loss of his grandfather and the confusing feelings he was left with due to the sexual abuse, likely led to his actions later on down the road. That's sad. It really is. Think about it, right? Your, your, so your own father was so messed up. You had no relationship with him. Your grandfather is your only father role model, and you love him, and he tells you he loves you, but he's doing unspeakable unspeakable things things to you and in your little mind you don't know if that's you can't separate that it's horrible dennis's personality changed after his grandfather died he would become very quiet would not accept any affection from any adults i mean i can understand why right yeah i can he loved to go to the harbor by himself and watch the fishing boats come in and out probably making him feel close to his grandfather oh he'd go down there by himself It's so sad. Around 1954 or 1955, Dennis somehow fell into the water and started running out of oxygen. This would cause him to have a near-death experience, believing his grandfather was going to come for him. Likely another boy was able to help him out. This is actually really, really sad. It's just, first his father leaves. His mother right away marries a new man. And the only person he feels close to is taken from him. Yeah. It's just so... I can't even imagine living like this. Think of how alone he must have felt. Alone? He probably felt betrayed by everybody in life. <sighs> I mean, I'm not making excuses for adult Dennis. Like I can I only call this as I see it so far. I don't know what he did or where this goes. I'm basically calling it as we go down the road. That's all. KK. KK. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to get me laughing over here and it's working. Not too long after his near-death experience, his mom would marry yet another man and the family would move to Strichen, a village not so close to the water, taking him away from the sea, the only place he felt close to his grandfather. OMG, Charity. See, I can do it to (laughs) you too. Yeah, let's let's use all all those little abbreviations. Oh, JK. LOL. LMFAO. Oh, we can say, yeah, LMFAO. Yeah, like there we go. Yeah. As Dennis began going through puberty, he realized he was not heterosexual. Okay. He didn't know if he liked only boys or if he might be bisexual. I guess many of the boys he found attractive, this is very strange, resembled his sister. Wait, what? So the boys that he was most attracted to resembled his sister. Okay. Odd. A little odd. All right, very odd. He would decide to sneak into his sister and brother's bedrooms and fondle them. Oh, hoping this, scumbag. He was hoping this would... Well, he's still just a teenager. Think about it. He was hoping this would help him decide his sexuality. This poor boy is like completely... 
left by himself to figure things out on his own. I'm not saying what he did was right. He should have known that was wrong to not to do that to his brother and his sister. But he doesn't know. He just finds out that he does. He just he has so many questions and there's no one there to ask or guide him. Yeah, this is crazy. It's really crazy. Dennis's brother would wake up while the fondling was happening. And from that point, Olav would mercifully bully him. So his brother's name was Olav because obviously after his father, he would constantly call him a quote unquote hen, Scottish slang for girl. At age 14, while still in high school, Dennis would join the army cadet force. Teenagers would do this until they graduated and then they would be able to enlist in the British army. He would do just that in 1961 and would become an army cook in Aden, Cyprus, and Berlin. While in the army, Dennis would start to drink heavily. This would help with his shyness, Mark. Okay. During this time, he would become fascinated with the thought of having sex with someone who was immobile. He once passed out at a friend's house on his floor, and when he awoke, he saw his friend sleep on the bed, immobile, and this aroused him greatly. Yeah. Starting to get really weird. Awkward. After all, a dead body would never be able to leave. Oh, I see where you're going. Oh, no. Yeah. He did not act on his feelings at the time. Dennis would be deployed again in 1967 to Aden, South Yemen, and was assigned to a prison. There was a ton of violence from pro-independence groups, and it became very dangerous. Some of De Dennis's army buddies were killed or abducted, and he himself was almost abducted. A man knocked him out unconscious and put him in the trunk of his car. He woke up before the car stopped, and when the trunk opened, Dennis would beat his assailant with a jack handle until he was unconscious. Then he would lock him in his own car. Yikes. Wow. Okay, well, I don't know. He would now head back to Germany, and he would decide to hire a prostitute to have sex with, since he had never had sex with a woman. After having sex with the prostitute, he would say it was, quote-unquote, overrated and depressing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that poor prostitute, man. He would then firmly believe he was a homosexual. He would leave the army in 1972. Around this time, Dennis and his brother would have a nasty fight, and his brother would tell his mother Dennis was gay. His mother had already been concerned for this lack of attention towards women. This action would cause a huge wedge between the brothers, and they would become very distant. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Not having a close relationship with his family, Dennis decided he would move to London and for a short time he would work as a police officer. That's scary. Yeah, well, almost as scary as him working at the jail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still living in London, he would continue to work throughout the mid-70s in a job center as a civil servant. He worked a ton of hours and kept to himself, not wanting to have relationships with any of his co-workers. Any free time he may have had, Dennis would visit gay pubs. He would have a few different flings with several men, but nothing got very serious. 
So Dennis would be resigned to believe that he would never experience any type of fulfilling relationship and longevity. That's sad. That's sad. It really is. This would only make him feel more alone and depressed. I was going to say, but that would make me feel like he's going to use as an excuse for what he's probably going to do next. I don't know. I'm going to link. I'm going to. We can link the book and I'm going to tell the book that I read. Okay. Um, And I also there's a Netflix special about him that I watched as well. And he's pretty upfront about everything. Okay. He's pretty upfront. I'll have to check this out then. Let's get into the murders. That's what we're all here for, Charity. Well, I'm going to bring you the info. Dennis's first murder would take place December 30th, 1978. The victim was a boy just 14 at the time, and his name was Stephen Holmes. Stephen, on his way home from a concert, stopped at Cricklewood Arms Pub to buy a drink, to which he was obviously denied due to his young age. Dennis had already been at the pub drinking for hours, and he was drunk. He thought Stephen looked as if he might be 17 years old. So he approached the boy and asked him if he wanted to go to his house to enjoy some drinks. He most likely knew the boy would say yes, as he had just witnessed him getting denied at the bar. Poor kid. I feel bad for this kid. Dennis and the boy would drink until they passed out. In the morning, Dennis would wake up and see that Stephen was still asleep. He would begin to panic, thinking he might have to be all alone on New Year's Eve. So he decided to strangle Stephen with a tie until he fell unconscious. This is where I thought this was going. Mm-hmm. Dennis would then fill a bucket with water in the kitchen and submerge Stephen's head until he was dead. So he drowned him in a bucket. After he made him unconscious. Oh, I forgot about this part. Guys, some of this I'm like remembering now because it's been literally a month. You did write this one a while ago. I'm and I know you wanted month. to cover it. And then I was like, we, I want to put some stuff ahead of it. Yeah. The very sick man would then masturbate twice over the lifeless boy's body. Then he would hide Stephen's corpse under the floorboards for eight months. What is wrong with people? If it couldn't get any worse. Yeah, I'm starting to think that, but you're going to prove me wrong. Dennis would build a fire in the backyard with combustible materials so it would get hot enough and then burn poor Stephen's body. This is horrible. I'm sorry. Guys, we got to get this stuff out there, though. These names of these people that lose their lives, we can't forget them. No, because it would be in vain at that point. It really would. Andrew, who was another man that was asked back to Dennis's house, thinking the two were going to have sex, this was in October, would escape after an unsuccessful strangling. He went to the police, but for some reason decided not to press charges. Maybe out of fear. I don't know. That's scary. Someone tried to almost strangle you and then thinking to yourself, if I report this, is he going to find me and actually kill me? I get it. I get it. But it's wrong. He should have reported it because a lot of these cases could have been solved. It is because almost getting caught would not stop Dennis, but almost fuel him. Yeah. It gave him that superiority complex. Like, look, this guy's too scared to even mention me. I'm never going to get caught. Yep. I get it. I'm just going to keep going. I get it. So to me, it kind of, to me, it kind of feels like he's gaining confidence in himself. So a man who was once so quiet and so timid and this and that and didn't understand his his feelings is now like, okay, I'm I'm king. Oh, of the he's world understanding today. it and yeah. he's honing it exactly. Is what exactly is going on, and it's going to give him this confidence. Ah, yep. Sad. December third, nineteen seventy nine. Again in a pub, Dennis would meet Kenneth Ockendon, a student from Canada. Kenneth would make the mistake of going back to Dennis's home and was strangled to death just like the first victim, Stephen. The next day, 
Dennis would pose Kenneth's body in sexual positions and photograph it. Oh, you sicko. Then he would enjoy some TV with the body next to him. You know, just two bros hanging out. It's not funny. I'm sorry, guys. I got to make light. But in this guy's head, though, what is going on with him? He was lonely. You know what? Before the end of the next episode, we'll find out some like theories on him. Okay. I'm pretty sure if he was that lonely, though, and if he just wanted companionship, he could have found yep. someone to give him companionship. I know. The body would then be wrapped in plastic and slid under the floorboards. Sounds like he has a specific course of events. Yeah, he's building his MO up. Mm-hmm. Except this time, he would dig the body up four times from underneath the floorboards, position it on a chair while he drank beer and watched TV. This went on for about two weeks. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to say to that. I'm kind of speechless. So it sounds like whenever he felt lonely, he dug the body up, posed it, and felt like he had somebody with him. That's that's sad. It's sad and hor- horrific and at the same extremely time. Extremely odd. Yeah. May 1980, Dennis would befriend a homeless boy named Martin Duffy. Martin was only 16 at the time. These poor men and boys. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's their whole life ahead of them. He would offer for the boy to come to his house. The boy accepted, probably thinking he would have a nice, safe place to stay for the night. Maybe the stranger was just a kind human. So he was looking for a warm place to sleep, Mark. Yeah. As you can imagine. I'm getting depressed over here. I know. Sorry. As you can imagine, this was no kind of kind stranger. After Martin fell asleep, he would be strangled, then drowned in the kitchen sink. Dennis would then have a nice, warm bath with the boy's dead body. Oh, my God. He, of course, would masturbate all over the body many times. As soon as poor Martin's body became bloated, it would go under the floorboards with the others. Oh, my God. Let's just let that sit there for a minute. A male prostitute named Billy Sutherland would be Dennis's fourth victim. He claimed he had no recollection of how he killed him, but it was later discovered the man was strangled with bare hands, which is a horrible, horrible strangulation method. Surprised he forgot that one. Right? That is such a personal I don't, killing. I don't think he forgot it. I don't know. His fifth victim was another male prostitute, but unfortunately, he was never identified. Dennis has said he remembers almost nothing about victims six, seven, and eight, and all he could recall about nine and ten was that they were two young Scottish men. The eleventh victim was supposedly a skinhead that bragged about how tough he was, but once he was drunk, he was killed by Dennis. Then just his torso was hung in the bedroom for an entire day before he- before heading to the floorboards like the others. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that one. On November 10th, 1980, at some point between the 6th and 11th victims, there was a victim that got away. The man woke up in the middle of Dennis strangling him but was able to get away. He called the police immediately. The report was ignored. And said to have been just an argument between two gay lovers. This is twice now that the police are involved and nothing was done. He could have been stopped. This is like that other case that we talked about a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, It's unbelievable. Like, how can you just say that? Oh, that's that's how gay men act? Are you kidding me? Honestly, I think it comes down to the police just not wanting to deal with it. I really do in a case like that. Oh, my God. Because what I, I'm drawing a blank on this. It was a big case where they actually stopped him and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's nothing to do with that. It's this. And it's looked the other way. And the cops just went, yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, my God. It's I, it, so sad. It's so sad. It really is. I don't know. September 18th, 1981, Dennis would find Malcolm Barlow in his doorway unresponsive. 
he would pull the man inside and call him an ambulance. Malcolm went by Dennis's place to thank him and was asked in to have dinner and a few drinks. Hmm. So this poor man, so he saves this man. He freaking saves this man's life. He calls, he calls an ambulance. The guy goes to the hospital. They take care of whatever was going on. He goes to his door, knocks on the door to thank him. So now he thinks this, this angel that was sent to him now wants him to have dinner with him. And of course, he's not going to say no because this dude saved his life. It's horrible. Yeah. But, you know, Dennis, of course, would murder Malcolm that night. All right. So this doesn't make sense. This guy would have died probably before. Exactly. Yeah. So you save the poor man's life just to kill him the next day. This makes no sense to me. I, I can't. I just I have no words. But, uh, but guess what? What's that? You and the creeps are going to have to wait until no! the next episode. That's BS. To find out how or if he was found. Uh, all right. Well, since Charity is leaving us high and dry, I hey. have a movie recommendation I want people to check out. I oh, like bringing up all, old movies. Because we all know Mark's movie recommendations are like so awesome. This is a movie that <laughs> I love, and it's about crime. It's about do the right thing. It's about good versus evil. It's about would you do the same thing if you were in this guy's shoes? And I think I probably would. Guys, the movie I want you to watch this week, Law Abiding Citizen. I think I've seen this movie, and I think it actually is a good movie. Watch it. It's phenomenal. I want to know what everybody thinks. Let me know. Watch Law Abiding Citizen. Reach out to us. Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Guys, I want to know. Also, before we go, guys, remember, 603-212-4600. Give me your voicemail. Give me, hi, this is Charity from- Oh, my God. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you're listening <gasps> to Case what? Watch or whatever. I just think that's so much fun, and I love putting you guys on the podcast. Dixie, thank you so much. Thank you, Joe Dixie. Ellen, thank you so much. They were our first two, and we appreciate it. Um, can I just say a couple of things real quick? Oh, I guess, Charity. Charity underscore Case Watch for the win. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Okay, awesomeness. On top of that, don't watch Waterworld. <laughs> don't watch White Noises. Those movies are phenomenal. No. Do like the picture I put of Sophie the Crime Kitty stealing my ice cream See, cone, though. he has to say something uh, because I mentioned charity underscore case watch. Yeah. If you want to see cute uh, cat pictures, yeah. it's uh, at not Mark B. Mark B is a Persian cat enthusiast. I sure am. He is. Guys, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye, guys. See ya. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.